Welcome to the Aquarian Mother Podcast, a podcast that supports you in your journey in motherhood. I am your host, Marie-Andrée, a mother, meditator, and yogini, and I specialize in gently supporting mother both IRL and online. Hello and welcome back to the Aquarian Mother Podcast. You're listening to episode number two. Today in the show, I'm taking you through the second part of my motherhood journey. I guess last episode we ended on me kind of discovering I was pregnant uh, and it was a bit of a surprise. I realized I was pregnant in the end of the summer. So I had a quite easy pregnancy, uh, except in the first trimester I was very, very tired, which is not uncommon. I also had uh, the luxury to take it very slow because I'm working for myself. So I had a very flexible schedule that I'm, I mean... If I'm not working, I'm not working and I'm not making any money and I'm not like advancing anything. But I took this conscious choice of really slowing down and really listening to my body and really, really um, trying to prepare as much as I could for, for what was coming ahead. I was very tired, but I could take it quite slow and... The pregnancy hormones were quite good for me. Um, I guess after having this hormonal imbalance for a long time, um, which, which for me also presented often in like mood swings or being very irritable, the hormones during pregnancy were such a blessing for me. Like everything was so chill. I mean... At first, of course, having wanted this this pregnancy for so long, so I was not worried, but I was aware, like constantly. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this. Um, I was googling, okay, can I drink this? Can I eat this? Um, even exercise, as you know, I'm. Kundalini yoga practitioner so there's a lot of like heavy breathings and and sometimes pressure on the navel point and there's there's very good guidelines actually this for another time but that you what you should avoid while practicing Kundalini yoga when you're pregnant but yeah I was constantly aware of that and using stones also around me to like protect this pregnancy I guess but I was not really worried I actually felt quite confident this pregnancy was meant to be it was such a it felt almost like a miracle you know like I was never so much in this uh, I, I did not have a lot of anxiety during pregnancy and I know several women I have talked to that have a bit of the opposite feeling after having 
hardship to conceive their baby or going through fertility process that when they finally get pregnant it's a heavy thing and they they feel anxious anyway i thought i feel blessed blessed by my teacher blessed by my relationship and i thought okay this pregnancy is meant to be since i i did want a baby for a while and when i was in canada i always had imagined that i would give birth in a birthing home or i don't i'm not exactly sure how how they say it in the english uh, speaking parts uh, of canada but we call it a maison de naissance which is basically a space that looks a bit like a home and it's quite close to the hospital. So in the rare event that something would happen and you need to transfer to hospital, you're very, very close by, but it's not a medical setting per se. So it's a bit, um, and it's an option uh, that is quite popular in Canada. If you think of people wanting to have physiological birth, so it's it's more popular i would say than having a home birth so but it's maybe in between the home birth and the hospital birth so this is what i had always envisioned but i know that when i moved to finland i realized these type of place they don't exist and furthermore home births are not really a thing here it's very rare, more foreigner people doing it than Finns. Um, and it's a bit of a shame because the small birth hospitals are now all closing all around the country and everything gets in the big, like huge, huge nothing maybe is so huge in Finland but like in the big hospitals so yeah and conditions are not so so favorable for physiological birth as we probably know um, in the hospital settings and anyway I will I will go over this in another episode but yeah I I thought oh my what am I gonna do because I had never thought about having a home birth and I guess yeah it was not even an option I as many many women thought it's not something accessible to me meaning I might not have the power to do it or the the strength or like the knowledge or like I just felt basically disempowered around birth as it is the case in the society mostly. So that was back in 2016 when I moved to Finland thinking if I'm moving here permanently and eventually I'm gonna have a baby, what am I gonna do? So I had many years to prepare to this idea that I would have a home birth because there was no way I would go to the hospital. A friend of mine told me once, 
he said, Marie-André, when you go to the hospital 30 minutes for whatever reason, you end up being pissed for weeks after that. There's no way you can give birth in a hospital. And he was right. So I started doing this process many years ago. Through my research on witchcraft, I came to be quite knowledgeable on birth work and about obstetrical and gynecological violence. So for me, this was a thing. So as soon as I was pregnant, I knew, okay, I need to find a midwife and I also need to find money because here in Finland, home births are not covered at all by the social or public insurance. So there's not really a lot of options to have a private insurance. Um, you have a private insurance usually with your workplace, but it's only like it's occupational health. So they don't deal with any matter of birth or anything. And um, yeah, so the public system is the way to go. And uh, home birth is not covered. So... We had to find money. I mean, I had savings. So most of my savings went to this purpose. And we, uh, during my pregnancy, we also raised a bit of money. Uh, some of it we donated for uh, women in Afghanistan to have um, safer birth uh, opportunities. But yeah, we raised some money and we also asked, all of our relatives that we don't want any gift we don't want any little baby clothes or toys or things we we really want to invest in this very special occasion that is birth and also a bit in the postpartum care because we we are away our families are away so uh, that's how we we financed the home birth but I need to be um, honest here it was a bit tricky for me because if I would have been in Canada I probably could have had a home birth for free so it was a huge thing nevertheless it did not come to our mind to go to Canada to give birth and this is something I might come back to later because I feel things might have turned up bit differently if I would have gone back to Canada mm, but anyway let's keep this for later so yeah we did we did it like this and um, my partner was a little bit uh, scared I mean he, he says he would not use this word but I think this is exactly what it was uh, about this old home birth thing so um, we ended up meeting a midwife that was very knowledgeable or educated and also working hospital births and favoring home births and non-assisted births I mean non-assisted non-medically assisted births uh, physiological birth and she had this mindset of when everything is okay, when everyone is healthy, 
there should be as less intervention as possible. Um, and she was trained, she's training also other midwives and she's kind of an authority here in Finland. And as I said, it's not really a thing. So there's not many, many midwives doing on birds. So yeah, I guess my feelings were, I trust her enough, which I might also come back to this later. Um, trusting enough might not be enough in the case of birth, but I felt that she was really reassuring to my partner with all her credentials and also, and as I said, there's not many midwives. So other midwives I contacted were not available at that time of my estimated due date. So we decided to go with this midwife. So that was quite early in the in the process because I think I was still in my first trimester and I also hired a, a doula a little bit later. And yeah, so that was kind of nice and I had this this support from the start. Um and yeah, I've I felt really healthy. I was really confident. I was really, really confident about the whole birth process. And I was listening to so many like empowering, um, positive birth stories and a lot of free birth stories even. And so that was like already from the start in my first trimester. Yeah, that felt really good. We celebrate the 120th day of pregnancy. Um, this is more or less correlating with this, the second trimester. According to the yogic tradition, particularly in the Kundalini yoga communities, the 120th day after the conception of the baby is a very important time because it is believed that this is when the soul enters the growing baby. So before that, it is said that the fetus is like a statue. That's why also in this tradition, there is absolutely no problem in terminating a pregnancy, at least before this moment. And it's also strongly believed that motherhood is such a sacred thing that a woman should definitely do it only when, when she wants to. So anyway, back to the celebration. The soul on this day is believed to enter the fetus's body. And what is believed is that there are soul around all the time trying to incarnate in a body. And so the stronger the aura of the mother is, the kinder the soul will be. And like if you are very radiant, and your aura is very strong, and your radiant body is very strong, then you attract a very kind and a very strong soul. So on the 120th day, we uh, usually gather around the new mother, and we meditate with her, and we celebrate her, and it's not like a baby shower where you you kind of celebrate the baby that's gonna 
come and you bring gifts to the baby. You know, in the in the 120th day, you celebrate the mother and you bring gifts to the mother and you support her. So there will be probably flowers and cake and um, singing and community is there to say like, okay, we are we are there with you. My I remember my 120th day. It was really, uh, yeah, I will, I will remember it forever, I think. So in the morning, I woke up for sadhana, um, which I did not do all of my pregnancy because, um, because I was so tired. But I regret now because at the moment, I'm in the early morning, like from four to six, I cannot wake up and practice because I'm in bed with my baby and he really likes to nurse at this time and his sleep is a bit less um, deep and it's the moment where he wakes up, almost wakes up a lot and he always wants to nurse and if I leave the bed it's gonna be a disaster. So now I miss Sanna a lot and I feel oh I could I could have done it more while pregnant because yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but you don't know <laughs> what's <laughs> you don't know what's waiting for you uh, in motherhood before you get there. Anyway, on my one hundred twentieth day, I got up for sadhana, and there was this um, Rama community uh, sadhana led by Kirtan Lakshmi. So I practice then. I I still clearly remember this morning and of course like every like not everyone but she knew it's my it's my day so like everyone uh practicing also kind of give their give their energy and maybe dedicate their practice to to the mother so to me and yeah so um so that was the morning sadhana and then at that time, there was also another yoga teacher who was pregnant and she was offering a daily meditation for a beautiful world on her Instagram. So she was making a live every day um, and I was practicing with her uh, every day. Uh, and yeah, so I, I practiced this. Um, and again, they knew it was my, my 120th day. And then was my teacher, Namsatya, who organized this gathering. Um, and so, yeah, we had like a few friends online because Namsatya is in Mallorca and I'm here in Helsinki. But um, so some friends and people I practice with join online and my partner was there in the room with me and um, my sister-in-law was there in Iran, in Tehran, so like joining online. So a little bit of family and a um, little bit of my community and um, it was really nice. My partner modified a song that exists already but changed it and he wrote some things very, very nice and of course I cried and everyone yeah, shared a nice word for me and in the evening then I also had practice with 
the Aquarian Woman Leadership Society that I'm part of and they also knew that it's my day so that was really great so and I have been taking part on other women 128 day and I think it's such an important very very important thing to do it's I feel it sets you up for your role of a mother because if you believe that the soul of your child is coming in at that time, it is the moment where you really can start. Um, I mean, maybe you communicated with the soul of your child before, but take it or leave it. This is a this is a thing. Some people strongly sense this. Some people strongly believe this. Uh, so you take it or you leave it that's that's it but if you believe that on the 120th day the soul of your child is coming in that means you are responsible for this incarnation from then on and so there is this this feeling I remember saying okay now it's the moment where I'm maybe never gonna be alone anymore (laughs) not anymore but for a while you know um, having the support of the community at this point is very very nice and of course there's like blessing ways um, and celebrating also and supporting and encouraging the mother um, before the birth but usually this is a bit further so and there is never too much support for a mother. Let's be clear on this. There is never too much support. So one celebration on the 120th day doesn't mean you don't have a blessing way after that. And you don't have um, a celebration after the birth. And you don't have a sealing ceremony and all this. So the thing is also that in, in Kundalini, there is this idea to to kind of reveal to the community also to, to make your pregnancy known. Because before that, most of us tend to be a bit more secretive. I don't believe at all in don't tell your pregnancy early because if you lose it, then you're going to be uh, what, what are you supposed to be if you lose your pregnancy? You should be sad. And if you're sad, or maybe not, also you should be nothing. But if you're sad and you did not tell anyone, then you will not have support. And so I don't believe in not telling anyone because if you lose... And I also strongly believe in normalizing pregnancy loss because this is a thing that happens a lot. And it is a shame that people going through it feel guilty, feel like a failure, feel like their body did not work properly and we should talk about it and I don't believe we should not announce a pregnancy early because of this. Nevertheless, I know that when you become pregnant, you tend to um, turn a little bit inward and you might want to make sure that only people who will have supportive and blessing 
and loving vibes toward you and your pregnancy will be around and be in the known in the early days and maybe all the pregnancy also uh, it's just that eventually for most of us it starts to show at one point so that's also um thing but yeah there's this idea that you come a bit more public with your pregnancy within your community during this time so all in all i would say that i had an amazing pregnancy from then on because then i was not tired at all like which is very common also in the second trimester you have a lot of energy and you want to do all the things and you feel very radiant and you have this glow often so not all the time and really like I don't mean to trigger anyone because I know some people have very hard pregnancy for the whole time um, and that's also why I think we really want to be conscious that motherhood starts even before pregnancy but pregnancy is a time where the support is already needed um, so yeah second trimester was very good kind of blissed extremely trustful feeling and vibe on my little cloud of hormones for a while until and everything was always fine so I said I wanted this home birth but I also chose to continue to be followed by the public service so there is these special clinics here in Finland where you meet with a nurse um, on a very regular basis to follow your pregnancy. I decided to, to do it, which is not necessarily something I would do again um, if I were to, <laughs> to, to go back in time or if ever we have another baby, which I don't think is in the cards right now. But um, yeah, so I decided to be followed by the public system. And I was also a bit followed by, by my midwife, of course. The baby was always growing very well and everything was okay. And I felt really healthy anyway. And there was no problem with either of us. So that, that was good and I was in one morning in early February I woke up to text message from my ex-partner who's also a very very good friend of mine since we're not uh, together anymore and he was saying oh uh, call me when you wake up and then there was another text message saying, oh, I'm going to bed now, but I'm going to call you as soon as I wake up. Because he's in Canada, so sometimes I wake up and he's still awake. Um, so yeah, I. but I, for once, <laughs> I felt like, oh, okay, some. it's probably nothing. Mm, I don't know if I should say it right now, but few years ago I was hiking in Finland in this uh, very nice national park where there is shamanic drawings on a stone wall and it's a bit yeah there's a very 
intense vibe over there and we were walking and I was on top of a hill or a it's not really a mountain, you know, in Finland it's not really <laughs> such a mountainy place, but um, we got on top of this hill and Finland is also very well deserved in, in um, Wi-Fi and uh, you have your phone network like everywhere, often in the forest, in the middle of the forest, you can, it's, it's annoying, you can never be without internet almost. But there, in this national park, um, in Sapmi, there was no internet, mostly. And when we got on top of this hill, or tiny mountain, um, I realized I had so many messages from him, from my ex. And I immediately thought something happened to one of our friends. And I thought he's gonna tell me she's dead or something like that. And when we finally got to talk, it was totally something else was happening. He really needed to talk to me, but it had nothing to do with this dear friend of ours. And yeah, but from then on, every time he would call me with this kind of urgency, and he's a very urgency guy so <laughs> it, it happened quite a lot he would call me like with insistence or he, I, I would feel already that he had something to me or he needed advice or he needed something uh, I always had this feeling he's is he calling me to tell me something happened to this friend of ours which was never the case until um, this text in the morning and I, for once, I don't think this has nothing to do with our friend. Uh, maybe my hormones, you know, maybe my little cloud of blissfulness. So the day goes and I remember I was washing the dishes and listening to a bird story or like, I don't know, a podcast about birthing while washing my dishes. And I had a my two hands in the soap and he called so I answered and he says to me like I said oh hi how are you he says are you are you alone so I say no I'm with my partner he said okay maybe you want to sit down so I sat down and he said to me, our dear friend, and I will never forget the phrasing he used. He said, our dear friend is deceased. And I could not like I could not believe it. Of course, you have sh you're in shock. I said no, and then he says yes, and I started crying, and he started to kind of explain to me what happened, which I did not understand at all at first. And this was the moment, and I, I think I also dissociated a lot because when I see this, I see myself like from from out of my body, and. 
I finally understood what happened and she was um, in a very very violent accident like something that basically never happens and something that is extremely violent just to even imagine so this moment um, I think it pierced my bliss bubble of pregnancy because also hmm, I did not say but we wanted her to be uh, our baby's godmother we're not uh, Christian but we really liked this idea of having a having symbolic godparents for our, our child so and I was about to ask her and I also had on my task list for many days that I postponed like call her and at that moment you realize that you're never gonna cross this from your task list right and that you should maybe uh, make sure to call the people you want to call more often Anyway, so this, uh, because it was really physical and it was a very violent accident, I think I suddenly got this feeling of, oh, wait a second, anything can happen, anytime. And for a while I was really stressed that something would happen to my partner. So I really tried to process this as much as I could. And of course we chanted in kundalini yoga we chant for the soul to go back to the ethers when someone passes and so we did this for many days i was singing every day uh, during my practice for my friend soul and i had a few really vivid and intense dream where I believe um, we might have communicate in a way together after a passing and I really try to get this out of my body also thinking this could jeopardize my birth if I suddenly don't feel safe I know enough of the birthing process even though at that point, I had not been through it, that I knew I need to feel safe. I tried to process this as much as I could. But I would say that this event was um, the first dark shadow cast over... Um, the pregnancy and the birth possibly so yeah and one thing that was a little hard for me was that um, I decided not to travel back for the funeral and celebrate her life um, because I was a little too advanced in my pregnancy to really feel comfortable with this idea of traveling back so I stayed here um, and in a way it was very hard but in another way it was maybe easier than my other friends um, 
added so yeah and this dear friend of mine is still in my prayers most of the time and I am considering her still as the godmother of my child and I think she is also keeping an eye on him from wherever she is so yeah so that's yeah that was the second part of my my motherhood adventure next I will tell you all about my birth story I'm very grateful for you uh, listening to this story and I want to say that for me uh, death is very much part of life and is also one of the things that makes life so sacred and so beautiful and so mysterious that we can only have a deep reverence for it so okay i will see you next time thank you again so much for being with us bye you've been listening to the aquarian mother podcast thank you for being with us if you enjoyed the episode please rate and review and don't forget to follow us so you don't miss out see you next time